sentire media. Oh, mamma mia. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and this, this, I think, is a tradition that won't stop. Impossible. Uh, no matter if at the table there are two people or ten <laughs> this year, it's going to be the same. I'm Samantha Wilson, a West Coast city girl turned Italian-loving expat, living her best life in beautiful Italy. But it wasn't that long ago that I was only dreaming about living La Dolce Vita and lacked the knowledge, support, and inspiration to pack up my family and make the move to Italy. Fast forward past many costly mistakes and wrong turns, and you'll see the life I have today that is healthier, happier, and more connected. And how my business helps change the lives of thousands of people, helping them find their pathway to their dream life in Italy. I created a New Life in Italy podcast to help make sense of the Italian bureaucracy, share some insider's tips, and give you a peek into what it's really like to move, settle, and live in Italy, and to help you do the same. If you're dreaming of starting a new life in Italy, whether part-time, full-time, or a lifetime, and want to learn how to do it faster, easier, and with less stress, you're in the right place. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this episode of A New Life in Italy. For this one, I have something really special. Because it's December and we're looking at Christmas coming up within the next couple of weeks, I decided to invite my friend Elena Fulceri, who is 100% Fiorentina, which means that she was born and raised in this beautiful city of Florence. Now, Elena is a licensed tour guide. She studied Italian Renaissance art in Venice and Milan, and of course, here in Florence. And she graduated from the university. But what she does really unique is tell stories, and stories about Florence, and stories about the art, and everything that makes this city so incredibly romantic. And you'll be able to hear from her voice and her stories of how much she is in love with her city and how much she loves to share the beauty of it with you. Elena is going to talk to us today about a couple of interesting events and things that happen here in Florence, but also across Italy over the Christmas period. So let's just dive in and welcome Elena to A New Life in Italy. Ciao, Elena. Ciao a tutti. Ciao, Sam. Ciao to all our friends of New Life in Italy. Uh, well, my name is Elena, and um, I would love to tell you something about my hometown, Firenze, Florence. We're getting ready for the season holidays. The Christmas tree by the Duomo is about to be completed in the next two days. So I look forward to sharing with you some uh, pictures in the future about the Christmas tree this year. But in particular, I would love to tell you something about... Uh, one of the most special days during the season holidays, which is going to be on January 6th. Il 6 gennaio is a very special day for Italy and for Florence. Uh, January 6th is called in Italy Epifania. I'm not sure if you have ever heard about this word. It's a very old one. It comes from Greek, Epifania. So it's a revelation from above. So in Greece, it was linked to the access into the most secluded room of a temple. But later on in Christianity, the world is associated with 
the first public manifestation of Jesus. Mm. So in um, in Italy, why did I choose to talk about it? Uh, in Epiphania, kids usually receive lots of sweets inside stockings or sock, pretending they have uh, they have been left overnight by a cute elderly and generous lady called Befana. Um, can you help me, Sam, with any kind of translation for Befana? Because it's a, it's a little hilarious, <laughs> the translation. Sure. Well, Befana is, um, I think translated, it means kind of like a hobo or a tramp. So something maybe not so good. But she looks like people will recognize her as what we would call a kitchen witch. So it's, you know, this old lady with a cane and hunched over with a big nose and, you know, a, a, a broom and... Just kind of a, a hobo-y looking kind of witch. <laughs> it's funny uh, because Befana, intending the the lady who, who takes the uh, the sweets, is associated with a very gentle, sweet, elderly lady. But yeah, it can be also something else. <laughs> so it, it wouldn't be like a compliment. <laughs> no. And on Befana in Florence, we have a special historical fact and tradition. Uh, on January 6th, the Florentine cortege arranges a sort of parade in costume, which recalls the tradition arranged in the Renaissance uh, back in the 15th century when the Medici were rulers of Florence. Actually, they were bankers. They were not directly ruling the town, but they were already manipulating most of the political games. And they were so rich, and they decided to establish a special compagnia. So they established the company of the star, which was in charge of arranging this parading costume between the monastery of St. Mark as far as the Duomo. This is a parade which recalls exactly the arrival of the three magi in Bethlehem, pretending to recreate the atmosphere of the gift, the preciousness of the three wise men in Florence uh, for the new uh, the newborn baby Jesus. And I find it very interesting because in this uh, tough time, compagnia is truly a very special word. I'm not sure if anybody can, knows already this word, but compagnia has three different meanings in Italian. It comes from a sort of economic meaning, the company of merchants, the associated merchants who shared the risk of traveling to import back to Florence spices, raw wool and precious uh, goods from Orient, but also from any corner of Europe. And then compagnia means also brotherhood. In Florence, there were, in fact, more than 40 different brotherhoods who looked after widows, orphans. So the Medici's also established this sort of uh, lay company to support, uh, we could say today, social cases. And eventually, um, I love the last meaning. Compagnia means friendship. Uh, it's uh, company itself. So in this special time, I think that it relates with the people and it really, it's really special because it cuts off the boundaries and it makes us feel very close uh, to each other. 
I really like that last one because compania with the company of friends is one of the things that really drew us to Italy is this connection, this social being of the Italianism of living here in that, um, you know, you really are connected and part of the community. And in Florence, I know in particular this time of year and right up to January, there are lots of celebrations where people can gather and get together and enjoy each other's company. So every January, the city of Florence arranges this parading costume and it starts in uh, San Mark, north of Florence, so it would say the edge of the um, pedestrian area, and then three um, kings on their elegant horses, ride through Florence, passing in front of Palazzo Medici, the first residence of the Medici family. And then they uh, ride by the cathedral, the Ponte Vecchio, and eventually arrive in Oltrarno, in front of Palazzo Pitti, where this cortege, um, completed with gentlemen dressed up in armor, long velvet costumes, finishes the parade among usually the crowd. And for how many centuries has this parade been happening in Florence? We know from documents that the first parades were arranged in mid-15th century and they went on for about a couple of hundreds of years. And then this celebration was kind of suspended over time. But recently, the municipality of Florence has decided to pay tribute to this antique uh, tradition and it has been recreated year after year in the past 10 years. So this can't be a discussion about Christmas in Italy without talking about the food. So tell me what it's like. What uh, is the plan usually for a typical Italian family? As I was telling you, during Christmas time, most of the families obviously cook for the beloved ones, uh, no matter if there there are just a few people or a larger family. But usually uh, the traditional dishes that you can find in Florence are multiple. It really depends on the origin of the family. You might have fish served on December 24th and December 25th. In some other families, you can find tortellini in brodo, uh, tortellini or cappelletti with uh, broth, which can be done with capon or hen. And usually there are plenty of appetizers. I I must be honest, after 10 appetizers, (laughs) usually we're stuffed like a turkey. (laughs) It does go on for a long time, doesn't it? How many, you know, the meals go on for hours. Oh, mamma mia. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And this, this, I think, is a tradition that won't stop. Impossible. Uh, no matter if at the table there are two people or ten <laughs> this year, it's going to be the same. And usually the families um, have a sort of rendezvous the night before Christmas on Vigilia, December 24th, and then December 25th for lunch, for dinner, and then it's not over, December 26th for St. Stephen. So if you didn't join your mother-in-law or father-in-law on Christmas, you go and eat the same amount of food the following day. And pay attention, you cannot leave anything on your dish because people get offended. (laughs) A second time. Right. 
Yes, this is very true. Oh, so so two days, uh, three days really of of nonstop eating. Three only? No, it's a week. No. <laughs> until New Year's Eve and then Bifana. So this marathon starts usually on December 24th and it goes on until Epifania, Bifana Day on January 6th. And then people normally look forward to going back to work to digest or to move a little bit more. (laughs) To rest and digest. Now, I have my Italian friends here always say to me that Christmas is for family, but New Year's is for friends. Yes. Usually we say we have a special phrase in Italian, not only referring that New Year's Eve is for friends, but also another um, national feast, uh, Easter, is for friends. Natale con i tuoi, Pasqua con chi vuoi. So Christmas is for your family and Easter is for friends or anyone you you wish. So Elena, what are your plans this year for Christmas? I'm sure there's a lot of eating involved, but what else are you planning on doing? Well, this is a very good question, you know, Sam, because my mother <laughs> has already started two weeks ago to ask, what are you going to be on Christmas? And I was like, mommy, I don't know yet. So I, it's always a marathon between my mom and my mother-in-law to have us for Christmas. And, <laughs> and we try and, well, accomplish all the, all the requests. So I don't know yet, actually. Um, I wish that we will have the chance to be all together so we don't have to decide. And maybe we can eventually just have one big meal <laughs> all together and maybe a day off. <laughs> right, just one. <laughs> I know, it'll be a quiet Christmas. But, you know, Christmas and the holiday season is is my favorite time of year. And in Florence, what I love about living in Florence at this time of year is the Christmas lights. Yes, Allora, Samantha, um, in the past seven, eight years, uh, Florence has started to arrange quite a famous uh, festival, the F-Light Festival, Festival of Lights. It's not something that existed when I was a kid, but recently it, it has become quite famous because there are projections of lights and artworks on Ponte Vecchio, on the facade of St. Spirit, Holy Ghost Church, uh, in other corners of the city. And usually it starts at the beginning of December and it goes on every night between 5 p.m. and midnight usually until January 6th. Every year, Florence arranges a specific theme. So, for example, last year there was a tribute to the Men on the Moon, Uh, The year before, there was a tribute to Leonardo da Vinci for the 500th anniversary of his death. And then another time, there was a sort of celebration of the masterpieces at the Uffizi or just artworks created by children. So it's always wonderful because you walk around and you bump into a special projection of lights uh, at the Museo Galileo and other 10... um, landmarks which are all close to each other so if you decide to spend half an hour with your family with your friends walking around um, it's always very enchanting it is Florence in the evening walking around is always enchanting and in this time of year uh, it's beautiful do you know this what the theme is this year 
Not yet, because it's been debated. Um, the municipality was had already started to plan the F-Light Festival, but I haven't found any official news yet. So I think that this week we should know something more about it. Uh, there are already the Christmas lights and typical installations with stars and big Christmas uh, bubbles, <laughs> I call them like this. And at the beginning of the road, next to Palazzo Antinori, there are three special circles where you can that you can cross uh, when it's dark. They have already blue lights on. And at the other end of the road, next to Museo Ferragamo, you have a special Babbo Natale cap, uh, Santa's cap. We call it Babbo Natale. Si. Well, this has been just enchanting, Elena. I love your stories. And I know that you are um, busy most of the time producing incredible tours, guided tours throughout Florence, that um, you're able to pass your incredible wisdom on. And the stories of Florence are deep and long, and I think you probably have one of the best jobs in the world to share this with all of the tourists that come here and the visitors to this beautiful city. I am very grateful uh, to have had the chance to be born and raised here. It was random, <laughs> uh, but I have started to appreciate more and more my town um, while I was studying. And I have to confess you, Samantha, this year, despite there were not as many visitors as in the last years, but I did have the time to um, study some special secret archives and private properties that I had not visited yet. So I am starting actually to explore a little more the surroundings, even to what range from next year some hikes and special paths through the hills so people can truly enjoy both art and nature. So the wisdom that you find not only in artworks, but also in the beauty, the wonderful beauty of the surroundings, which are always silent, very quiet. So I think we can find a pretty new dimension to discover this city, even beyond uh, the museums, which are phenomenal. Yeah, I think there is a great balance between what the town offers and what you can find also uh, in the surroundings. That sounds really intriguing. I think I might be up for that for sure next year. Maybe you can um, just tell us what is the, how can people get a hold of you? What is your website? My website is www.florencewithflair.com. Uh, I created it in 2013. I was already a guide. Uh, I tried to set up the, uh, the website, uh, but it's just a sort of portal. It's a departing point for every single personal experience. I have specialized during the years just on private tours, on private experiences, so I can say that uh, I've always loved my job because I never did two equal tours in the past 10 years. Um, I never accompanied huge tour groups. I'm not the kind of guide with the flag, <laughs> if I can say so. So the experience 
is actually created just on what people truly love. If you love gardens, if you like artworks, if you like museums, or if a family decides to make a little more, a little lighter experience, I try to offer the maximum flexibility and creativity for every single guest. So this is what makes me truly more very happy about every day of my life. It's not just my job. It is actually my life. I live here and I. it's always a great pleasure to show and share uh, the marvels of what we have. Well, you do a, a brilliant job, I, I must say. You are without a doubt my favorite, for sure. So I hope people, if, if other people are interested in doing a tour and a private tour, Elena is your gal. She really is. So it's Florence with Flair. We will be putting the website and the contact information in the show notes. So make sure that you see that and you can contact Elena next time that you're in Florence. And Elena, thank you again. What a great, uh, great time together. I enjoy talking to you. I always, you make me all dreamy about Florence and I forget I'm even here. I think I want to go to Florence. I realize I just have to go out the front door. So I'm very lucky and I'm lucky to know you. And uh, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Grazie a te, Samantha. Grazie a tutti gli amici uh, di A New Life in Italy. I look forward to hearing from you and un bacio da Firenze. Ciao a tutti. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.